0: Well, hello friend of the internet, it's Leon, house photographer, social media guy, and purple belt from Studio 540 in San Diego. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk BJJ, where I share with you my quirky observations of the BJJ subculture. This podcast was recorded on September 25th, 2019. As always, I invite your feedback questions and your suggestions on anchor follow that link in the description to find my anchor page where it's super easy to leave me a voicemail i really would love to hear from you today's topic is what are you thinking when you're training during a round what's going through your head and this episode is a little different i grabbed some friends at the gym i asked them that very question and i put a mic in front of them to see what they'd say and before I go into a monologue about what I think about, I'm going to jump right in and let them tell their stories. Interviews are in sequence by belt rank. And you'll notice we're missing white belts and brown belts. So if you are one, shoot me a voicemail. I hope you enjoy the texture and the variety in this episode. And if you stick around to the very end, I'll share with you a couple of my thoughts and observations. So, first up is my buddy and my real estate agent, Nick Dial. Here's what he had to say. Hi, this is Nick Dial. I am a blue belt. Um, when I'm rolling, I generally think about how I can apply the move I was just taught to my role, whether it's the current position or how to get out of my current position and into the, the move of the day. So that's, that's my main goal each time I roll. The next interview is with Mr. Jordan Jackson. I know I told you I'd wait to share my thoughts till the end, but I just wanted to share a little bit of how my mindset has notably changed specifically while training with Jordan. Jordan is a personal trainer. So naturally he's fit and trim and yet still very ripped. Uh, when Jordan was a white belt, It was really fun to train with him because he's so much bigger than me. Um, And as a purple belt, I felt like I could really play with him and sweep him at will, gain position. And even if I didn't find a submission, I felt comfortable and confident. Um, Yet it was always a very lively role because he's so athletic. But then one day, Jordan, when he was a blue belt at some point, it all changed. He had real jujitsu, and I realized that I could not sleep on this guy. Once, I, I think I was maybe in the top of side control or in mount, and it was everything I could do just to find my way there and to try to maintain that top position. So I couldn't even think about going for a submission. My mindset changed. I used to enjoy the playful game of toying with him, but if I do that anymore, I'm just straight up getting smashed in the very best way, of course. Jordan is a great training partner. Anyway, here's Jordan.
1: Jordan Jackson, what do I think about when I'm rolling? Um, I think number one is, I think about my favorite move before we go, Um, my favorite judo takedown, and I try to execute that. Um, The second thing I think about would be my biggest weakness in really focusing on working on the solutions to those within the, uh, within the role. So if I'm almost too, if I'm almost pinned inside control, I just kind of just take it and try to go over the, uh, escapes that I know. Um, the third thing would be I watch videotape of whatever we did last class that we record at the end. And I try to incorporate something I learned from
0: there. And that's what I think
1: about when I
0: roll. Sounds pretty systematic. Do you have any abstract thoughts that come into your mind? Ah,
1: abstract thoughts. Usually, I'm always hungry. I'm always hungry. Um, where my blood sugar is at. If I'm gonna start feeling dizzy during the roll, after the roll. Um, when was my last snack? Um, another abstract thought would be: They're coming to kill me. What do I do? What do I do? That's it.
0: Okay, next up is Ryan. Now we are crossing over to the Purple Belts. See if you notice any change in the thought process.
1: Ryan, I'm a Purple Belt, Studio 540. Um, what do I think about when I'm rolling? First and foremost, uh, I'm a chiropractor, so I'm trying to not get hurt uh, because hands, shoulders, wrists are all pretty vital to me. Um Second, I usually gauge how hard the person's going because I don't like to go very hard. Um, Again, see answer one. Um, And then from there, you know, you don't really, I don't really think about a lot. I'm trying to think about grips, Um, you know, I still feel like I don't really know anything. So I'm just trying to feel the other guy out, see where I can get my grips. I like triangles, so I'm kind of always looking for a triangle. and yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to think about anything other than what the other guy's trying to do to me because if I'm not, I'm, I'm getting choked. So I think that pretty much sums it up.
0: Great summary, Ryan. I love it. The next interview is with Nikki and she brings um, a unique aspect to the training mindset that I actually thought was very interesting. Here she is.
2: I'm Nikki. I'm a purple belt. When I'm training, if I'm training with somebody like way better than me. Black belt, I'm trying to survive. Just not get tapped. That's it. That's actually how I started jiu-jitsu, is like <laughs> just defense. Don't defend myself, don't let anybody choke me, but that's it. And then if it's somebody my rank or lower, then I'm trying to set things up somehow. Cuz they say it's chess and I don't really know all the setups like that, of tricking people, but you know, it's a process, so
0: it is interesting, right? Like, I feel like black belts are maybe two, three, four steps ahead of us. Oh, yeah. And I feel like at my level, I can barely see, like, one step right. ahead of our Right, that's I'm what at. I'm
2: saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I try to practice that, like, <clears throat> on either the same skill or, like, lesser skilled uh, training partners. Um, and it works sometimes. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's how you get better, I guess.
0: Do you ever find yourself in that flow or zen state where you where you kind of sense that you're not thinking about much at all?
2: Um, actually, a lot of the times, because I'll be trying, a lot. Of, sometimes I even roll with my eyes closed. I'm just more feeling it, because a lot of the techniques are based off of timing, especially like sweeps from like bottom half or whatever. So if I can feel where their weight is, then yeah, so I just kind of don't think too much about it. I'm trying to feel it.
0: Yeah. Okay, so you train jiu-jitsu, but you also train Muay Thai. Correct. Would you say that your mindset is different, the things that go through your mind are different when you're training Muay Thai versus when you're training jiu-jitsu?
2: Yes, because Muay Thai is a little more fast-paced and in a way could be a little more lethal in terms of, like, rolling or sparring. Uh, Drilling different, obviously, but, like, in jiu-jitsu, you can roll hard, like, pretty much every day. Muay Thai, you can't spar hard every day like as if it was a fight, because that's crazy. You would just get super banged up. So in Muay Thai, definitely have to keep... It's actually still very similar. You do want very solid fundamentals, good basics, like keep your hands up so you don't get head kicked. You know, so stuff like that. Um, But it is a little bit more fast-paced, so there's less time to think. It's more reaction, like touch and go.
0: Isn't that interesting about training Muay Thai and how it's even more detrimental? The stakes are higher in a brutal striking sport and therefore you're given less time and space to think. Hmm. Okay, here's my buddy Greg, one of those partners that I actually cherish at the gym. I always welcome the chance to train with Greg because we are nearly identical in size and weight, though I do kind of have him beat in the dad bod department. That's the truth. Anyway, Greg and I have a very friendly rivalry. We seem to kind of cancel each other out. A lot of our rounds are kind of stalemate. Um, His game is a puzzle that I haven't solved. And I have really enjoyed the challenging training. But it's also just been a joy to see the progress and evolution for each of us. Here's Greg. GREG NORRIS, I'm a purple belt. I actually try to think as little as possible when I'm training, but just kind of just stay in the moment, feed off my partner's energy. Um, I want to stay aware of my movements, but try to just go with what he gives me or she gives me and respond in the moment. Moving on now to the black belts. The next interview is with Aaron, the other half of my real estate team, actually, Aaron is one of those quiet type of black belts that everyone respects, possibly more so among the black belts. I think it says a lot about a person and their jujitsu when the black belts are unanimous in giving their seal of approval. In true Aaron form, and maybe true black belt form, this interview is short, sweet, to the point, and super efficient. He uses very few words to say volumes, unlike me.
1: My name's Aaron. I'm a black belt. And when I'm training, I'm not really thinking. I'm just being present in the moment and feeling
0: and being a human being, not a human doing. See what I mean? I'll just let that one settle in for a moment. <laughs> okay. Next up, here we go with Anna, one of the most creative and flexible training partners at 540.
3: My name is Ana Lilia Calzada. I'm a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And what do I think about when I'm rolling? It's basically, I try to just feel, I don't think about anything. I think I just feel their energy and where they're going in their movement. So I concentrate on on their movement and and what I can do if you know, to, to stay ahead or to not get trapped, mm-hmm. I feel. Um, I'm also thinking about being, actually practicing the gentle art and not to use strength but using the leverage and, you know, the angles to, to play my game, yeah. basically.
0: So give everyone who's listening an idea of your size compared to the average size of training partner.
3: Oh, man, I feel like a little mouse, <laughs> and everybody else is a big old lion. <laughs> um, it's it's, it's kind of scary, but if you um, kind of control your energy, too, just because I'm small, I'm not going to be pouncing on them, you know, because I feel that's not right either. I have to be careful just as much as they have to be careful with me. I have to be careful with them. but So I just try to really... Um, Work. On, I think about a lot of framework and I think about my knees and my legs and where the placement of my legs because my knees aren't the best <laughs> of shape, and so I really try to protect them and make sure they're not in a vulnerable um, position where they can get injured. Mm-hmm. So I'm just really thinking about safety, and, um, and if, he, if that person, big person, were to go crazy or accidentally land on me, uh, they're not going to be landing on, like, my knee or, or something that's straight that can break. So I'm just trying to stay in a little small package and just trying to protect myself, mostly. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you find yourself... Do you find your mind straying sometimes to other things outside of jiu-jitsu while you're training, or does it kind of tend to stay focused on what you're doing?
3: I tend to stay focused. I think that's why I like it, because my mind is going a million miles per hour and thinking about a million things, and when I get in on the mat, it's just, it's just flowing. It's just flowing. It's just jiu-jitsu. Everything turns off, and then it's just the jiu-jitsu game. hmm
0: Beautiful. Well said, Anna. Last interview is with Wolf, a black belt, who is a more recent addition to the instructors at Studio 540, but actually came up through the ranks with Joel and Clark, Aaron, and all of the others from one of the original two Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu schools in San Diego. Uh,
4: my name is Wolf. Uh, I'm a black belt, a second degree from Rodrigo Medeiros, um, what I'm thinking, when I'm training, I try to always look for the submission. That's, that's the thing, right? But, uh, but then uh, at the same time, you're like watching uh, also how to control the opponent, right? So I try to keep that pressure, uh, smashing the guy down, uh, but always looking for the sub, most of the time. And then sometimes I go really loose and just try to work my cardio. I, I, I switch position to position to position like one after another and that gets you heart pumping and it's really hard to keep that pace, but if you keep getting used to that, it gives you excellent conditioning. Mm-hmm. So but like I think like most of the practitioners you always look to do the checkmate, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh and not getting injured, I think it's always in the back of my mind too. If something a position is like really pretzel like or whatever. I try to see if I can release the pressure a little bit. If not, I just tap because, I mean, uh, I've been fortunate in 20 years training, I never got seriously injured. So I think training smart is also very important. So I think about that too. Who you pick, your partners, everything is important. So.
0: Do you find yourself in, do you ever find yourself in a flow state, kind of a zen-like state where you're not really thinking of the moves, but jujitsu is just kind of happening, happening naturally? Or are you always kind of thinking strategically about where to go next?
4: Um, I think I do a mixture of both. I like to flow a lot and I like to transition and not be stuck in one position there just for the... I mean, I I like to let the jiu-jitsu flow and be loose rather than that game like really tight. I don't, it's not my favorite way to practice and I don't think, I, I think actually going that way It hinders your knowledge, I think. So if you let it lose and go with somebody like very loose, it's pretty fun. Mm -hmm. I think it's way more fun than that, you know, that it's jujitsu that nobody moves and you're just holding, gripping hard and like it's too much strength, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Of course, you got to get use strength sometimes, but uh, I think when you put that aside and just flow, you learn a lot more.
0: How would you say your mindset is different when you're training against someone who is a black belt at your level versus somebody who's maybe... A blue belt or a purple belt. How do you approach the different ranks differently, or do you? Uh,
4: I do. Uh, Obviously, I go a little bit more serious with black belts, right? Uh, With lower belts, I play a little more and try to find new positions that I haven't done before. Or, uh, but I still go for the kill, even the lower belts. I, 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 uh, but I'm not as serious. I mean. with a black belt, I try my best, you know what I mean? Uh, and here, there is a lot of good guys, man. I got effed up by a few already, you know? So, it's a great place to train over here, 540.
0: Interesting, isn't it? The different goals and elements of mindset during training. I wanted to explore this topic because my experience is similar to honest. She said that when, you know, she's in normal life, her mind is typically racing, thinking about all the things that need to be done in daily life. But when she steps on the mat, you're kind of forced to not think about any of that. I experience the same thing. And I've talked about this before. When I step on the mat, I have to leave my laptop, my phone, my Apple watch, my to-do list, my worries. I have to leave them all behind me. I have to unplug and I have to focus. Training is like a rinse cycle for my mind. When I'm training, my mind is often blank or simply focused on the issues right before me, nothing else. Sure, I've had random stray thoughts bounce in and out, you know, like um, I'll be stuck underneath side control and I'll realize, hey, I've never noticed that air vent on the ceiling before. Or, you know, occasionally I kind of remember I forgot to call that one person back yesterday, but those thoughts don't last long i think when i was a white belt and blue belt i was thinking more systematically if this then that my intro to bjj was a very systematic program and i didn't realize how unlimited and creative jiu jitsu is in the very beginning i just didn't, didn't realize how free form it could be so back then i would think of you know specific call and response actions almost like learning a dance In the beginning, maybe my thinking was more robotic, more binary, more black and white. Nowadays, it's more free-flowing, more creative, more exploratory, more colorful with unlimited pathways. There are purple belts who are still very systematic and regimented. You can feel their decisive action, their competitive spirit, their athletic energy. You know, there's a popular saying in jujitsu, position before submission. I agree with that. I believe in it. I just don't always do it. I'm still in a transition stage where I know what I need to know. I know what I need to do, but I still take foolish risks. I take chances because I want to explore where things lead. I'm kind of curious. Sometimes I like to give up position in hopes of finding a couple of my favorite sneaky submissions. I think Most of my mindset, my game could be attributed to two of my instructors, Majid and Andre. Majid has this kind of sneaky jujitsu where you think you're advancing. You actually, you think you're doing something and then bam, you're trapped in a submission. Andre, a previous guest on the show, has a slightly different style. He won't give up position, but he opens these gateways for you makes you kind of think like, oh, great, look, look at that opening. I'm going this way, only to realize that it was a trap. So while all of this influence runs deep, I am so not there. I can think about this step that I'm in, maybe the possible next step. But these guys and pretty much every black belt I've trained with, they clearly think multiple steps ahead. I'll get there someday. Maybe I'm just one of those knuckleheads that has to learn the hard way. I don't know. It it might take me longer in the end, but the lessons, they seem to stick better when I can be free to explore and discover and make mistakes. Maybe that's just the way I'm wired. Okay, I want to say thank you for listening to this episode. Again, I invite you to send me a voicemail on Anchor. The link is in the description of this episode on any platform, whatever platform you're listening on. Uh, the link is just anchor.fm slash let's talk BJJ with no apostrophe. If you go to that page, there's a simple button that says, yeah, something like leave me a voicemail or leave a voicemail or send voicemail or something. Do that. Send me one. Send me your thoughts on this topic or any other topic that we've talked about so far. Maybe a topic that you want to talk about. Maybe you want to be a guest on the show. That'd be awesome. Okay, this weekend is ADCC in Anaheim, and I will be looking for you, and I'll be looking for those high fives, the bro hugs, the fist bumps. If you see me and we've never met, come say hello. If we have met, come say hello. I'll be roaming around looking for more interviews while I'm there and just enjoying the event. So that's it for today. Thanks again. See you next time.